listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Welcome everyone to the Wimbledon podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan here in New York with Peter Bodo and Richard Pagliaro. The uh, Wimbledon draws came out this morning. Have them here. We're going to go over them with you. Uh, we're going to start with the men. And before we kind of really delve into it uh, round by round, however we want to do it here, just a question to you guys. It's been the top four getting to the semifinals of seemingly every big tournament for you know, years now. It almost seems like Murray, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. Is there anybody outside of there that you think has any chance of winning Wimbledon? Speak now forever hold your face. Are you talking to us? You're talking uh, to our, our our listeners, no, our faithful listeners. No, Are supposed to email their answers in or what? Yeah, no, no, no. This is this is on you guys here. Um, besides those four, um, anybody else have a shot at Wimbledon? Oh, oh, you are you kidding me? I'm picking Andy Roddick to win once again. I, I still think I I will go to my grave thinking Andy Roddick has got a Wimbledon win in him somewhere, and I think I think he might do it. And it, actually, I don't think it's a bad. I think it's a pretty good year for him potentially. I'm really not liking. I'm not liking Federer and Nadal in the way they're sort of not so much playing, but the way they're feeling. I mean, Novak Djokovic. Nobody's been talking about the guy since the streak ended. Maybe we were all kind of streaked out in quotes. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he is only forty-three and one now. And it's yeah, like exactly. Matches, so, and he's beaten both these guys, you know, numerous times, multiple times. I mean, you know, so he's in there. Berdick, look what Berdick did last year. And then you got a Soderling in there. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people. So, I just threw out three names, four names, and, you know, uh, well, three, can't count Djokovic, yeah. of guys who could who could win this well, tournament. Well, yeah, well, I ask it, you know, just because form is held so strong lately, and, um, and not that I'm going to give Bjorn Borg the last word here, but he did make a point to say that there, that no one outside of those four had a chance to win this. So what about you, Richard? What are your thoughts on this? Is it is it one of those guys or the field? You know, it's interesting because I was thinking back, and you've seen guys like Gasquet get to the semi. Reiner Shuttler made the semis recently. Bert, like you said, Burdich in the final last year. So it's conceivable, but if you put a gun to my head, no. I don't think anybody aside from that top four – is going to do it. Wait a minute. Really you guys know. want to tell me you don't think Joe Willie Tsonga can win Wimbledon? Well, I just look at it. If he had to play Federer in the quarters, he doesn't matter. I mean, I picked him as my dark horse, actually, but you see him in the quarters against Federer, I can't, I can't pick him. A lot of those guys, these Tsongas, these Vavrinkas, guys of that stature, I feel like we've seen so many times that they get to the they get to the later rounds against these big names and then go down in straights with and, and, and a, just a whimper really that's why i think a lot of this a lot of this top 4 or bust narrative comes into play that they just haven't been able to really challenge them in the later rounds of the biggest tournaments here and this is the biggest one of all and even though the grass you know people make a big point it's slower the bounce is truer now than in the old days i still think the grass rewards the best athlete and i don't you know these top four guys are clearly the best athletes i don't think soderling moves as well or i don't think some of these guys just adjust as well to the low ball on the grass i just don't i don't see it happening well that's a good point richard i think i think one of the things that's happened actually with the slowing of the grass is it's 
made Wimbledon a much more predictable tournament. You know, right. I, mean, I think now right. the chances of the big epic upset where an Evo Karlovich would be a great example. The chance of Evo Karlovich pulling off the upset of this, you know, th- this decade's upset of the century mm-hmm. is is not greatly reduced because of the the, the true And you remember when you the see the Kevin Curran's, Chris Lewis, where you could almost bank on somebody, you know, getting through. But that's exactly why I'm saying you can't just go with the big four because look, I mean, at some point these guys, you know. Pete Sampras had George Bastel, you know, I mean, you know, these things happen and, and they've yeah. happened at Wimbledon. Now the slowing of the courts has really affected that and kind of cut back on the potential for that. But still, look, I mean, who, you know, it just would not be shocking to see, you know, a, a Federer lose to a Bellucci or, a, you know, when a doll go out to, well, you know, I mean, a guy like Kendrick almost put him out a couple of years yeah, ago. Let's, let's kind of segue into that. Cause we'll start when the doll he's right at the top. And, and when I look at his core, there's a lot of guys who are lower lower seeds um, that could cause a lot of trouble. I think on the right day, uh, Rayonich is surprisingly to me only 31. I think he actually lost um, lost a bit of seeding. He on, lost some ground, subjective, yeah. Uh, not exactly subjective, but he went down a couple of places. And then Del Potro's right there. Marty Fish, who Pete talked about in his picks, is a good dark horse selection. Um, Fran Verdasco is now out outside the top twenty twenty one here. This is a pretty strong quarter, I feel like, and if um, Nadal have to work to get through this one for sure. It, which of these guys, these four that I mentioned here, might pose the biggest threat to him? Do you guys think? Well, if you're talking quarters, you have to include Berdich in that because he's down there in that quarter, right? Berdich as well. So yes. basically, you know, I mean, that's a huge threat to Nadal right there. I think Fish is. I think Fish is a big threat because of the way he's playing. I think his, you know, his movement has always suffered a little bit. He he hasn't moved that well on the grass, and he's played a little passively. But he can serve in volley. I agree. And also, hey, look, Milos, look at when Rafa's been vulnerable at Wimbledon early. Not that he lost to Kendrick, but Kendrick put a scare in him early. Even last year, Petchner took him to five. You could say Milos, if he got hot, got him into a few breakers. You know, I'm not saying he's going to beat him, but he could certainly. Well, it does remind it does remind of the Isner match at the French, you know, where where the serve was such a big part of that one, and that's it would be even more pronounced, you would think, on grass if Raonic got that far. Um, I don't think it's any guarantee, actually, but um, but that's that's one of many tough opponents that Nadal could run into. Well, fourth early. round, he'd run into Del Potro. I yeah. mean, Del Potro with the way he serves and hits that yeah. forehand on on today's Wimbledon's grass. I mean that's 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 not a you know you can't really take anything for granted if you're in a doll there. Right. The other part of that half is where Murray and Roddick are. Those two just met in Queens, uh, and Murray beat him pretty handily. Uh, so for Roddick, of course, to, for that matchup to even happen, um, there's Bellucci as you mentioned, uh, Monfils, who's had. Kind of some good results on really all surfaces, but never a, never someone that you'd really want to bank on. Gasquet is a semifinalist before. Um, I wouldn't. We have Lubitsch, Chilich, guys that I think could do well on grass, of course. Um, but well, only one of them will because they meet in the first round. Right. So yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you like Rock, do you like do you like it to be Roddick Murray in the um, in that one, Pete? decide at all well yeah i'd probably have to go with that although i'm telling you i've never thought i'd heard myself say these these words but richard gasquet you know watch out for richard gasquet you know he's he's showing signs of reviving i've always been tough on a guy because i always think he sort of you know ends up bailing out and makes a little bit of noise and then just doesn't doesn't play up to his potential but you know the guys played played pretty well this spring 
and he's been to the semis before. If you look at who he's lost to at Wimbledon, he's lost to, to quality players. He's beaten some good players. He beat Roddick that one year when, when Roddick was really well positioned to make a run to the final. So I don't know. You could look If you're looking at somebody who might break out and, you know, get to the quarter semis, you know, I think Agassiz is a pretty good pick for that. And he, you know, he'd, he'd be right up there mixed in the mix with Murray. He'd be a real threat to Murray, I think. Right. Yeah. The um, any final thoughts on that quarter, Richard? Before we move to the next half of the draw, I think Murray is going to come through that quarter. I agree with you. Gasquet is a threat, and you remember that match versus Roddick, where he just caught fire at Wimbledon a few years ago. He was down two sets in that. Match. I think the problem with him is he still has that tendency. To, he's going to stand eight, nine feet back and try to return. He's got to get in the forward mentality because he can volley and he can and he's shown you that, but. I don't think he can get through those guys if he's just going to hang way, way back on the return. I think that's a, that's a real problem for him. Remember, you got Ivo Karlovic in there, too, and you could still serve your way through right. matches on grass. And that's and a good right, match right to Tipsarevich-Karlovic because Tipsarevich yeah, that's a good that's a good match. The Another first-rounder that uh, takes the cake of any first-rounder, when I got this morning to see us, I just couldn't believe it, is we're going to see Isner Mahout 2 and Wimbledon they were drawn together Unbelievable. again to play in the first. It's just astounding to, to even, you know, I, I was wondering before if, if, Mahout, if Mahout was kind of in wild card territory to get in the event. He not only has gotten it, he's in the top 100 now, way at the bottom, but he draws Isner. Uh, I hope they play this in center court personally, but. I suppose they could put it right back on 18 if they really wanted to be sneaky. Yeah, it, it is just uh, it just boggles them. I don't know what to say yeah. about that. It's too, it's too much. It's almost like it's almost as bad as Federer being in the same half as Djokovic as all, the time. all the time. And you look at the stats on that. That's remarkable too. But and and it came came true again this year. But um, you know, no, that's that's going to be uh, you know. You know, it's you got to wonder what those guys are thinking. I mean, uh, thinking bring a sleeping bag. You know, that's what he's. It's that could be another. It could be another one. Yeah. Unless the unless you're thinking, I don't want to go through this again. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's yeah. going to win three, two, and one. Would be be something if Mahout won it this year, kind of. A, that would be. Yeah, and Isner's actually he, he's not uh, seated, which is um, sort of surprising, but he has lost some points along the way. Him and Query, Query, I should mention, isn't even in Wimbledon. He pulled out with an injury. Um, those two both have kind of have lost a lot of ranking points from last year, and uh, that's what puts Isner outside the seating. Um, and with this just remarkable rematch here against Mahout. So that'll be huge coverage. I think pe- I think I've heard that it'll be Tuesday is when that'll be will be played. They usually play the men's bottom half on on Tuesday, top half on Monday. Right. And the, if Isner got through there, it's conceivable he could get maybe to the fourth round, you know, that he could put a few wins together. I know last year he was shot after that match, but if it's where um the rest of that quarter which it, I'm going to call it the Isner Mahout quarter now instead of the Federer yeah. quarter. It's just so incredible. Is where Federer is. Um, and then a bunch of seeds that um, I think I'll have sort of questions about. Ferrer's not known as a grass player. Almagro, same deal. Sanga is, um, I think most people would, would say, is the most dangerous opponent, potential opponent to Federer there. Nelbandian is um, also kind of remarkably still holding on to a seed. I feel like he can never escape from that top 32, but I hardly ever see him play, really. Usney's there as well. But, you know, now Bandian, now Bandian is, is a former Wimbledon finalist. Yeah. You know, and granted, there was grass was different then uh, to go back to the same old theme. But, um, 
but you know, uh, you know, again, you talk about the top four guys. Well, Federer, the way he's, you know, the, the way he's he's played this year, he's only won that one tournament. Uh, granted, he's lost to to to, to, to tough guys, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I can see I can see not Bandy and giving him a hard time if they both end up meeting. And what would their meeting be in the fourth round? I think. Yeah, this is one of the few years, not that this has had a huge impact, but Federer did not play Holly this year. Um, he, we don't know where he's at, actually. I, I think it's pretty good after what we saw at the French. I mean, it's different services, but I think that's nothing but a positive how it all turned out for him there. But, of course, you know, the final is a different story. Getting past Nadal is, you know, its own sort of discussion. But um, but I, I do, you know, I, I see Federer getting through that there. Um, the opposing half of that draw is where Djokovic is, as well as Soderling, and uh, the rest of the seeds there, we have Davidenko, Meyer, Meltzer, Troitsky, Lodra, and Baghdad. It's a formidable collection of seeds there. Uh, Richard, what do you think about this quarter and specifically about Djokovic? We uh, also haven't seen him in a tour event since his French loss to Federer. So both of these guys really are going to be coming to Wimbledon sort of uh, cold in terms of, prof- in terms of hard match play. I think you got to like Djokovic in this quarter, and then maybe that maybe that time off was a good thing for him just to sort of clear his head, get the cobwebs out, and and come back refreshed. And look, he didn't play his best tennis there last year. He still got to the semi, and so and this is a, one of the majors where he's never been to the final. So I think he'll be super hungry. Um, you know, Baghdadis has been to the semi before. I just don't think he's as consistent right now. And Troitsky, remember that open match with uh, Djokovic gave him a great match. Lodra's a guy in there to keep an eye out, although, you know, he's been sort of shaky since Paris last year. But And Soderling's a big hitter, but Pechner, you know, Pechner just got to the final in Germany, so Pechner-Soderling could be a good first-rounder, too. What do you think about Djokovic, Pete, overall? I think the guy, he has frittered away some chances uh, at Wimbledon. I think uh, I'm su- I shouldn't say I'm not. I'm not really surprised he's never been in the final because he's he's been there in the late stages most of the time. But I mean, he's frittered away some chances. Like last year was a great example. Yeah. He, he really and he came off that match last year and said, "You know what? I played like a stupid match. I sat back and waited for the guy to make right. mistakes. And I can't afford to do that." He really learned a lesson. But I mean, before that, I think it was Baghdadis a couple of years ago. I think he was up two sets or something on Baghdad. It became just a long knockdown drag on, and he got a blister. And this, so the guy's kind of screwed around at Wimbledon for reasons I don't really understand. I. Think I think, though, maybe after last year, he's he's sort of seen the light and said, you know, this is, you know, you got to really kind of buckle down. And, and and now I think maybe he's ready. So, yeah, I, I, I like his, you know, I, I like his game. The, the way the grass is playing these days, uh, I think if they have a, a dry, fairly warm Wimbledon, I think he'll he'll benefit from that. And the way the, the guy is a tremendous mover, and that's the biggest thing at Wimbledon. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah very I And he's a much more great. proactive player, I think, now, even than he was last year against Burditch, where he he almost got the sense he's waiting for Burditch to choke that match away. That's and what he was doing. Happened. He admitted it, too. Yeah, he knew it. yeah, and I think now he's more going to seize the moment, you know, and he's in a pretty decent quarter. Yeah, very yeah, strong stuff there. So um, let's turn to the women's draw here, and... We still have Karen Wozniak at the top. We have also in this top half uh, many other, I think, more formidable names, including French Open champion Lina. We have former Wimbledon champion Sharapova. And, of course, Serena Williams is back, too. Um, But let's start with the top quarter here where 
Wozniak is at the top. Sharapova is up to number five now in the seedings. Um, there's also a Sam Stozer sighting, which I was considering maybe. Who cares? <laughs> no? Okay, well, I was considering her as possibly someone who, um, you know, there, I, I think everybody's kind of passed, passed her by now a year after her French run. So I think maybe with the pressure off, that's a potential potential deep run there for someone you might not expect. But um I guess Wozniak is the, is really the talking point to me here, or Sharapova. What's the what's the more um, you know, interesting stat out of that quarter between those two? Oh, I like Sharapova. I'm picking her to win the tournament. I mean, she's she really pulled her game together on. She's got to be feeling great. She pulled her game together on clay. She won Rome there, and then she she had a very good French Open. There's not, nothing wrong with losing a Lina the way she was playing at this French Open at all, and it was and it was a pretty good match. And so you know, I think she. I think it's all positive for Sharapova. She goes into this tournament thinking, I'm back on a surface I really like. I'm back on a surface where my big game, my big hitting can really, really pay off. And where, you know, having won it when I was so young, my first Grand Slam title, you know, it's, it's you know, she's, I think, really, really well set up. I mean, I, I think Wozniak is going to have her hands full. Should she get that far? But, I mean, I can see, you know, you got Yulia Gerges in there, the German girl who's a big hitter too. She can, you know, she can... Um, Create a little havoc in Wozniak that. also coming will be playing on her third surface in about three weeks. She just played the French, then goes there. Plays, Went to hard court, plays right? indoor hard courts in Copenhagen in her home Denmark, and then now comes onto the grass here. So, you know, the strange sort of scheduling just kind of continues for her. She was playing um, Brussels the week before the French, even down the road at the Open. She's going to be playing New Haven before that. It's just a, a kind of a mystery and really no, no no sort of explanation, honestly. I mean, I can see the Denmark thing, but that's a strange, strange choice before such a huge Because some tournament. of those smaller, they're not even helping her points-wise, so it's not even like it's given her a boost ranking wise, so I don't I don't get that. Either. The only thing you can say really on her behalf in that is that this this probably is a young lady who who likes to play a lot of yeah. tennis and wants to play a lot of tennis and feels best when she's played a lot of tennis. That's when she gets kind of on a roll. And you look at her results like when she you know, when she really had her breakout, she went and rolled through New Haven and into the US Open and got what to the final that year, I think. So she you know, she she is definitely a player who likes the momentum. So that's about the only but the changing surfaces, I agree with you. I don't know I don't know how smart that is. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Just that match against Hantakova at Roland Garros, she just looked tired to me mentally. She just looked like she just wasn't there. I think she, it just caught up to her. She's a little listless there. Yeah. The bottom half here. I told you some of the big names. Lee Na, of course, Serena. Uh, Bartoli is in here. One of Pete's picks. We'll get to her in a minute. Ivanovich as well. But the name you got to pay attention here, in my mind, is Sabine Lezicki here. She is now... You know, back off of injury for a couple months. She might run into Lina pretty early, but this is a girl who just won Birmingham without dropping a set. Great game for grass. Um, huge serve. Really should have beat um, Zvonareva as well at Roland Garros, um, and then the match takes a complete 180 turn. She loses after having a match point. It's taken off on a stretcher. One of those hard-to-believe things, but it actually happened. Um, Lazicki, I think, could cause a lot of trouble in this you know, until Serena really, and and I picked Serena to win this tournament. Um, just kind of, not only is she a two-time defending champion. Look what she does this week. She comes back after not playing for nearly a year, uh, beats a fine player in Parankova after going down 0-5 in the first set, and should have beat Zvonareva, world number two, whatever stock you want to put in that. 
Um, really, it's until she's out sit at Wimbledon here. I'm going with Serena here, and I think you did as well, Richard. So I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that, too. I went with Serena because, to me, when she's healthy, she's the best player, the best player on the biggest stage. And, you know, 14 straight matches she's won here. And I think the serve is a huge, huge factor at Wimbledon in the women's game where you've seen even recent number ones have trouble holding. Here's someone who has the best serve I've ever seen in women's tennis, set the record last year with 89 aces. I think if she can get through those first early rounds, you know, shake the rust off, get the serve clicking, if she does that, I mean, I picked her to win. I think the winner is going to come out of that top half, whether it's Serena or Lina or Sharapova, although I was tempted to go with Kvitova in the bottom half. I, I think Serena, if she, if she can get it together, it's a big if, but if she, if she can get into the tournament, I think she can win it. You just used an interesting... Um phrase there if she can get into the, if she can get into the tournament and I think that's very true and I think there's some real potential danger for Serena in this one she's got Iravon Rezai first run big big hitter granted the girl could be you know she can be hitting the wall of the stadium you know with most of her shots get be out of there one in love but you know what when she's on she can she can really really hurt people so she, she, she's got a tough first run in in Rezai and Bojana Jovansk Jovanovsky, who's playing Simona Halep in the first round. If she gets through that, yeah, Bojana of Serbia is an up-and-coming tough young player. Right off the bat, that's two tough matches for Serena. She's also potentially looking at Marion Bartoli, former finalist, recent French Open semifinalist. You know, this this is a very very tough draw for Serena, and I don't know that she's. You know, I don't know that she's sufficiently dialed in mentally after being away from the game for so long to, to maybe have to play three real high-quality matches in a row. It's a great advantage for her to have the day off, I think, in this situation. If it weren't for that day off, she could really be in, in even bigger trouble. But I think, I think if she gets through those three matches, if those, those women come through and she gets those matches, I think it'll be clear sailing because I think she's got to, she'll have every right and reason to feel confident. I agree with what you're saying. I just think that I think you're right. Those matches are 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 going to be a challenge for her. I just think that they're hard hitters. She loves the pace, and I think that in a way it takes the whole sort of angle everything out of it. If they just come at her with pace, I see her overpowering them unless unless she's off, which is which is definitely possible. Yeah. The um the second half here. Yeah. Take a look at this one here. Uh, this third quarter here is a very um, nice opportunity for someone to to really make a an impression here. This is where Azarenka is. It could be her, you know, try to get finally get to that slam final level. The other big seed here is Schiavone, who I, I know we've counted out a lot of times and she really kind of just keeps reappearing. But I will say last year at Wimbledon after her French open run to the to the title, she lost in the first round. But um, like Petkovic here, if, if that's a girl who if her shots started finding the way, you could see her going to the semi. She has had some pretty strong runs this year on um, on faster surfaces, um, but this is a this is probably the most wide open quarter of the women's draw here. Um, who do you guys kind of like out of this? It's, it's Azarenka's by number, but is that how it'll really shake out? I like Pavlovichenkova. She showed me a lot at the French Open. I think, you know, she needs to lose some weight, I think. Uh, her fitness is somewhat suspect, although on grass, you know, the matches are a little bit shorter. I, I like her game. I think she's a real threat there, but I agree with you. Petkovic is probably 
Azarenka is certainly, you know, the favorite, obviously being, being being the number four seed. And you know what? You can't, you know, she's actually been very consistent after she won Miami. You know, it's not like the last time when she won Miami and then, really you know, she off. sort of faded. Right. She's she's played very consistently. She lost she lost a very tough match to Lena at the French Open. So did a lot of other women. So did Sharapova. So did Pavlovich. COVID. So it's not like she had a bad tournament there. So she's she's really played pretty well. Uh, you got to kind of give her. I kind of see her getting through that, frankly. But if it's not Azarenka, then I'm I'm going with Pavlovichenkova. Richard, your dark horse pick for the women's in here. Why don't you mention her? You know, I went uh, against my judgment. I went with Hantakova. I don't think she has the big weapon to get all the way through to to the semis. I just think she's won 13 in the last 16 matches. She beat Wozniak, the French. She beat Lina and Venus this week on grass. She was a final finalist the week before on grass, losing to Lasicki. She's won the mixed open at Wimbledon, uh, mixed doubles at Wimbledon. So. You know, I don't think she's. I don't think she's going to get to the final four, but I think she's. She can get into that second week if she played Azarenka. I think they've split, or she's up on her a little bit. It'd be a good, good match. match. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that could go either way, but yeah. The uh, the final quarter here of of this draw, um, we're going to have a, a British a British woman in the second round after this, and Kathavon Brody match and set your set your DVR for that one. Um, <laughs> We also have a, they're not playing each other, but they're close by. Um, is Venus Williams Parankova who seemed to collide at majors a lot? Parankova has actually beat her twice, but that's a little that's much farther down. Um, Zvon Rave is the the top seed in this, but and Venus is at number twenty three. And there's also some seed some strong players that have fallen a lot on the seedings. Um, Yankovic down to fifteen. Kuznetsova, I guess, sort of plateauing at twelve. Um, Wickmeyer at 19, and also Kvitova, who uh, was a was a big pick for the French, and probably her probably a even better surface for her is grass. The way she hits, she's at eight. Um, what do you guys think about Venus or just this quarter in general? There's a I think you can make cases wide for wide open. Yeah, yeah, I think it is wide. Why don't open. you guys have at this one here? I mean, I don't know, Rich. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, Kvitovich, she's got a great opportunity here. Uh, yet there are these, you know, some of these veterans, you know, it's, you know, you don't really want to write them off too comprehensively. Mm-hmm. You know, Kuznetsova certainly, I think, you know, her mobility, I think, is excellent. Her and her, her, her skills, her, the way she can move the ball around and stuff, I think if she, if she gets inspired... I think she could really have a good run here. She was actually looking pretty good at the French Open. She lost to Bartoli and and kicked herself in that match. But it looks like she wants to play again, which is always a big thing with exactly. her. Exactly, she's eager. So yeah, so if she's if she's in there, then then you know Wickmeyer's been a big disappointment, I think, to people. And you know you don't know what to make of that. You don't know whether to say, well, you know, just wait. Her time is coming again. You know, it'll it'll happen, or you know, much ado about nothing, and she's just going to be another solid, you know, top you know, top 15, top top 20 type player and know he's going to make a little bit of noise and then disappear. But uh, no, I think Kvitova has a very, very good opportunity here. But, and, and let's not forget Venus. You know, uh, I, I don't know that Venus has a consistency to, to, to beat three, four quality players in a row anymore. Uh, if she finds that, then she could she could have a very very deep run. But uh, was she was she seated too low at twenty three? Because I, Serena got a got a sizable bump to number number 
was number eight, number seven with Kleischer's out. But what about Venus? That that actually surprised me that she was only put at twenty. I would have put her in the top fifteen for sure. She's a five-time champion. She was in the U.S. Open semis. If you, I mean, I I would have put her higher. You know, that's a good point. Actually, I agree with you guys. Here's the interesting thing: you know, our our, own, our very own tennis.com's Bobby Chintapali and I were talking about this. She pointed out to me that you look, you read that press release. I don't think there's a system for changing the women's seedings. There is a system for changing the men's. You know, they take the grass court results of the past year, best result from the double of points, best result from the year four, blah, blah, blah. But it's a transparent system. You know why Andy Roddick was boosted up. You know why David Ferrer went down because it's all in the numbers. You can't, however you feel about it, about going away from the ATP rankings for seeding, there is a system and it's transparent. On the women's side, though, and I'm trying to get an answer as we speak. I'm trying to get an answer from Wimbledon on this just to, to double-check to make sure. I don't think they have that. I don't think they use that system. I think they just say, well, I think Venus should be 24, and uh, let's make sure we're number eight. You know I mean? Well, you know, at the wall, see what stays. I don't know how they do it. So let's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out, get yeah, an answer yeah, well, to that. Yeah, there were, I mean, those two, I believe, were the only, move, the only ones that move, so that kind of lends itself to that more arbitrary um, type of decision-making there. So... But I, I, but I guess I, I just do think that Venus is, is kind of low there for, for what she's done. And she was number two in the world last year, actually. At one point, uh, it's a little while back now. But um, yeah, I'm with you guys. It's a little yeah, bit give on. You know, yeah. you, the good Lord giveth, the good Lord taketh away. Wimbledon giveth, Wimbledon taketh away. They give Serena a big welcome back. She hasn't played in a year and make her a number eight seat. That's huge. Right. Yeah. And then by the same token, now you look at what they did with Venus. And say, well, if Serena was made number eight, well, why would Venus be number twenty? But that's the arbitrary seating. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, Wimbledon 2011, the championships? No, I agree with Pete. I think Kvitova, she's got the game to do it. To me, the, for me, the question is the pressure of defending those semifinal ranking points as her second major as a top 10 seed, and, and now you're sort of playing with the bullseye on your back. How are you going to respond? And similarly with Zvonareva, a good win over Serena. Um, you know, how's she going to respond to the, defending those final points? So. I think that quarter is wide open. I'd lean toward Kvitova or Venus. I'm looking for Sharapova to make her a big comeback statement. Yeah, it would be uh, only a 24. Could you, There's a lot of uh, lots still left to win if she still has the game to do it at Wimbledon. So, so that's our thoughts on this draw, men's draw before. And we'll be in touch throughout Wimbledon um, with some podcast chats. Of course, stories from Pete, Steve, both of them will be over there. Richard and I will be here at the States giving you the uh, perspective from over here. All angles covered all the time. Tennis.com. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 